Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is Annalie Kruger, and she is the founder and president of CareRight. And Annalie has been working in this industry for 25 plus years. She actually, um, right now, is her own mom who is in memory care, and her dad has had health issues. I remember talking to Annalie when my father passed away almost 10 years ago now, and my mother two years ago. And I can't imagine what it would have been like with both my mom and my dad as ill as they were from um, pancreatic cancer and my mom having to um, have dialysis and going through the pandemic. And so I have asked Anna Lee to come on as a guest to give us some insights as to what she is experiencing and to let us kind of know, I guess, just what's up as far as elder care and as far as some of these patients. So Annalise, welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. And thanks for having me on as your guest again. I really appreciate this opportunity. You know, it's just been such a nightmare for so many people. And even myself, I'm such a social person. Being um, kind of locked down has been difficult, but I can get on the phone and I can still do a lot of different things. I can't imagine what it would have been like for my mom to have still have gone and had to have dialysis and gone into different places and come back and never seen her kids or never being able to talk to them. And now there's so many people that, that are like that. So many elderly people that are confined and right. not able to socialize at all. That's right. These are, these are just such, such challenging and difficult times for everybody. I mean, just obviously across the nation, no matter what position or business you're in, or if you're an employee, it's, it's, it's these are just, these are just very difficult times and anxiety riddled <laughs> times as well. But when you are a family member and you have a loved one that is aging and whether they're at home um, aging at home or whether they're in a care community, it's, it's very nerve wracking. Um, when you mentioned that your mom, you know, her dialysis, I have a few clients that are on dialysis and they're actually for the first time grateful <laughs> because that's the only time they get out of their room is to go to dialysis. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's difficult. We've got 
know, even, even my own mom is in a memory care community down here in, in Southwest Florida with me. And I know that she, I know that she feels abandoned every time we call or visit her through the window. She doesn't understand why we're talking to her through the window. Why, why my dad and I are literally having to straddle a bush that's outside of her window so that we can get down low enough to visit with her. And my dad can hear her and she can hear him. It's in a memory care unit. Those windows only open about two or three inches. So when you have an 82-year-old father who doesn't hear very well, he has to bend down pretty low just to get to the screen area so that he can talk to her and she can hear him and, and he can hear her. But she looks at us like we've lost our marbles. She's like, <laughs> I have chairs inside. Why don't you just come inside, you know, and we're masked up and... She's like, what is going on with you people? <laughs> so, but trying to explain this to someone who's in kind of mid to late stages of dementia, she's, she's doing the best she can, but it's, um, it's very difficult for her to not be able to have us there, literally physically there, holding her hand and playing Uno and doing all the things that we would normally be able to do. So not only from you know, a memory care perspective, they don't understand what's going on out there. And, you know, even, even my clients that are in assisted living centers or, you know, non-dementia assisted living centers, they're just, you know, they've literally been behind their closed door for some of them now six weeks and they're going stir crazy. And I'm seeing more anxiety, more depression, more um, increased in cognitive functioning, you know, cognitive loss. So people are generally social and we need to be around other people to eat better. You know, I'm seeing some of my clients because um, I'm a patient advocate. And so I have the nurses send me the weights and, and I Zoom or video conference with my clients regularly. There's, some of them are starting to lose weight because they're not eating around other people. And that's one thing that seniors do better is they, they do better when they're around other people, they eat better, they feel better, they talk. You know, when you're just stuck in your room with a TV, um, that's, that's not healthy. So. Well, and it's what I found out with my parents too, my mom, is that when she did have technology, we had her little um, tablet and the TV, she couldn't always get all the buttons right. <laughs> right. That's and right. all of a sudden her Facebook would be gone and she needed she'd always be waiting for one of the grandkids to come in to fix everything, to get everything yeah. working again. And <laughs> it was so frustrating for her or she would lose it between the chair seats or right. <laughs> you know, a variety of things like that. And I know that um, those are really difficult and there isn't even that much on those TVs. They don't have the TV mm -mm. channels like we do where watching movies and half the time my mom couldn't hear anyway. So right. it, it is a struggle. And I guess, Annalie, you know, just sort of painting the picture before we were talking before I started the interview and I said that I really wanted to look at all the different issues that TV is sensationalizing um, about elder care and food and chicken and whatnot. And you said, well, Karen, I have, you know, it isn't a pretty picture out there, <laughs> you <Right>. know, it's, <laughs> and, and, and I, and I do want um, our listeners to understand what is truly happening out there, because I know 
some of the different um, retirement communities have had cases of COVID-19. And it's a struggle when something like that happens. And as you mentioned earlier, that the um, supply right now of employees is, is so limited that they're moving from one place to another and trying to keep everybody healthy and still give everyone care is almost an impossible feat in retirement mm -hmm. communities like that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, and I, I guess I want to preface this by saying everyone, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that everyone truly is doing the best that they can to staff their communities, make sure that the residents are okay as possible, if you will. But I know that, you know, with, with so many people getting sick, so many of the staff members getting sick or losing their child care because the daycares are closed, some of these care communities are really staff challenged. And so they're pulling staff, if it's like a care community, like a continuing care community, um, they're pulling staff from other levels of care. And even with my own mother's care, um, you know, because a lot of, I mean, I was even sick in March. So I, there's a lot of sickness that went around even before it was, before COVID was um, a known, a known thing. And so um, these care communities will pull staff from other levels of care, or they'll use staffing companies, or they'll contract with home care companies to be able to staff their shifts that they need. And with my mom, um, you know, I would, I would call because I can't go in. So I would call and make sure she has toothpaste and all the supplies that she needs and stuff like that. And the caregiver would, they were honest. They're like, you know, this is, this is so helpful to have you call because they pulled us from assisted living and we've, we haven't worked over here in memory care for like a year. So we don't know any of these residents. And they were honest enough to tell me that. And, and they're not getting report, you know, so they're not getting the report at the top of their shift to know what these residents needs are. And so at least I would call, <laughs> I would call about an hour or two after shift change and say, you know, my mom has a right shoulder fracture. So she needs help with this, this, and this. And she has a history of urinary tract infection. So she needs a lot of water and she can feed herself, you know, so I'm literally giving them report on my mom and they found that to be so helpful. They're like, thank you so much. This is so helpful. Now we just have 29 more residents to figure out what their needs are. And, you know, so I talked to administration. I said, look, you know, I know we're in challenging times, but you've got to make sure that you're setting the staff and the residents up for success by making sure that the staff have the information they need to make sure that they, you know, don't have a fall that could have been prevented because they didn't know that this person was a fall risk, for example. So, you know, it's, it's kudos to the staff for being there and taking such good care of, of those residents, but we need to um, definitely work together as a team, even, even outside of COVID-19. We as family members and professionals need to work as a collaborative team to make sure that those residents that are vulnerable or residents that are in a care community have the, the level and quality of support that they need from the staff and all work together as a team to make that happen. But, um, you know, it's, it's definitely difficult from from a family member perspective, you know, a lot of these care communities, some of them have video conferencing capability and others don't, they're not quite there yet. Um, I know that we, with most of my clients that are a little bit more tech savvy, 
they already have iPhones or they have cell phones and some of them are on Facebook so they can stay in touch with their families a little bit easier if they have the cognitive ability to do so. Um, but people that are in a memory care unit, they don't. And so those are the folks that, that need that much more effort from family members to make sure that they're doing okay and talking to their loved one over the phone or over video. I know we bought mom a, like an Amazon, it's not a Kindle and I'm not techie, but it's like an Amazon little notebook. So we just set her up on her own little Facebook page and so that we can do Facebook video with her. And, but again, you have to rely on the caregivers to, to set, you know, to set up a time and, and schedule these Facebook videos or schedule time outside the window. And I have to say of all the places that I have clients um, that I do their patient advocacy, the staff have been more than willing. They're like, absolutely, whatever time works for you will make that work. So they have bent over backwards, making sure that families are staying connected with their loved ones. And that's, that's kudos because you know that, that these caregivers are stretched thin and they, they have a lot of responsibility. I mean, obviously they're always doing infection control and hand washing and stuff like that, but they've had to increase that tenfold just to keep everybody healthy. Annalie, let's, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the impact, again, on this isolation, but also, as I mentioned, we had one client who, one of our clients passed away during this, and it was just so hard on the family because they couldn't be there, and then they were told that they had a week to get everything out of the room that he was in, and of course, Goodwill and everybody is closed. Couldn't get in the bank to get into the safety deposit box. I yep. mean, it was tough. And so let's talk about some of those issues and some of the things that people can do to be a little bit more proactive with their parents and some of the things that maybe they can give their parents to do. I know my mother just absolutely loved the little screen that we could send pictures up. We could put pictures on for her and we could always send new pictures. So every day she was getting new pictures that would come up on the screen. So there mm -hmm. are some things that you can use that are really helpful. And with that, we'll be right back. My guest today is Annalie Krieger. She is the founder and president of CareRight. If you would like to reach her, she does work uh, within Florida and Wisconsin and also other places as well. You can reach her at 800-741-0302. Annalie is the president and founder of CareRight and works with individuals who are needing assistance and particularly families because we're spread out all over the country now, which makes it even more impossible. And prior to the break, we, we talked about the impact that this COVID-19 was having on residents, but there also is a big impact on families. And Annalie, I know that um, you've been that lifeline for so many families. So you're mm -hmm. really understanding it right up front with what's going on. Right. You know, and it's I, so just to back up a little bit, I'm a, I'm a social worker. So I come at all of this from a social worker's perspective. And so, you know, I have and I like you mentioned, I have I have clients across the country because I use Zoom to meet with families no matter where they live, no matter what their situation is. And then I 
guide them. I'm a, I'm a consultant for them. And I have families across the country. And I've, I've got so many families that because they tend to call me when they're in a crisis, that's when I'm onboarding them is when they're in crisis, they're kind of at that crossroads of, you know, what do we do with mom and dad? They, they're starting to fail, but now with all these facilities on lockdown, they don't want, you know, they're, they're really at a, at a crossroads of what do we do with mom and dad? We can't, we don't want to put them in a care community. And so we talk about what are your options? So, you know, if you have the resources, the financial ability to pay to have home care come in for the length of time and the, and the level of hours that you need, then that's one option. I have a family member that I just onboarded yesterday um, out on the East Coast, and both of her parents are failing very, very, very quickly. And she doesn't want them to go into a care community because she knows that they're going to die and she doesn't want them to die alone, and she's an only child, and she doesn't want to go through this by herself. So we're actually talking after this after this podcast. She and I are, are going to be Zooming, um, and she's inclined to just put them up in a hotel for three weeks or try to find an apartment with like a, or a, a three-month rental um, so that she can still see them and then bring in home supports. And that's wonderful if you have the financial means to be able to do that, because that's going to cost several thousands of dollars to do that, to bring in home care for two dying people. But when you look at the alternative of moving them into a care community and then knowing that you're literally dropping them off and you don't know if you're going to be able to get back in to see them um, with that dying process, um, that's pretty gut-wrenching. And like we talked a little bit on the break, just from a social worker's perspective, I really feel like we're going to have this new kind of unprecedented grief because of COVID-19, because these families want to be together during that transition or be, you know, during that dying process. And most of them can't be there. You know, last weekend I was working with a family that their dad started transitioning and the facility was really reluctant to let the family in, but the, the daughter just literally begged and begged and begged and, and they did let her in. Um, and so she literally got to spend three hours with her dad before he passed away. And this is a family that is very tight knit. I've worked with them for 11 years. They were one of my first clients when I started Care Right in 2011. And he passed away last weekend and she only got to spend three hours with him when he was actively dying. And the problem with that from a social worker's perspective is that there's a lot of grief work that you try to do before the actual death. You know, you want to make things right. You want to express forgiveness or acceptance or love or whatever junk that a family member might have been carrying around. And the same thing for their parents. Sometimes at the end of life is when elderly people, they're reflecting on, on their life, what they did well, what they didn't do well, what, they, what their regrets are, what they're proud of. You know, so there's a lot of soul searching, if you will, at end of life. And this is, this is the only time, this is the only opportunity that these families have to get things right in their hearts before that loved one passes away. And as a social worker of 25 years, I've worked with people in that dying process. I've worked with thousands of people in that dying process. 
and they there's so many people that carry around so much pain and hurt and grief and and all these feelings because of their childhood and if you don't have an opportunity to make that right with your parents before they pass away or if you're the one that's got cancer or actively dying right now if you don't have that opportunity to make things right with your loved ones with your surviving family and vice versa these people carry all this pain and angst for 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 their lifetime so i think with covid 19 we're going to just see a lot of um a new kind of grief that i think is going to be more difficult for for therapists to work through because so much of it is you just feel this total sense of hopelessness and helplessness because there's nothing you can do. You can't get in to see your loved one. Um, and I think also you see the, in a situation where we had a client pass away, the son could not even get to see his dad. He couldn't fly in. Right. And, and his brother is taking care of everything. And he said, we're trying to be really practical because even if my brother comes back, we can't have a funeral. We can't see dad. Mm -hmm. And um, the body's going to be, you know, taken care of without any, um, any physical contact or even seeing them. And it, yeah. it was just so difficult for the family. And I know that so many families have, have, an, have had the same issue, but it's the whole idea of flying. And people live in all different places of the mm -hmm. country and families and brothers and sisters who are older, who would have come in, but under this situation can't take the risk to come in. So they're just left with this, as you said, mm -hmm. this emptiness, this hopelessness that they can't, and, and, and they can't even comfort the ones that are left because that's right. a lot of times that's what the funeral's all about. That's right. That's right. You know, and when every, all these restrictions get lifted and stuff and people can have their celebrations of life or funerals or whatever way that they're, going to um, honor their their deceased loved one you know that's you know it, it's just it's just gonna be hard because this whole time they're grieving and then there's there's you know closure is a little bit overrated as from a social worker's perspective because there really isn't such a thing as closure because you're always going to be reminded with if you smell a certain scent or a certain picture will always remind you of your loved one but but there is something to be said to um, having having some amount of uh, family support, like togetherness during this time. And that's what families are missing out on is, is they don't have that capability right now. I mean, even, you know, I don't know how many how many of my neighbors they're trying to get back up north you know from down here in florida their flights keep getting canceled and that's what that's what families are experiencing like you mentioned as well you want to get there to the hospital or well you can't even get into the hospital you want to get there to to be with your loved one but you just can't and that's that's what i worry about with these families these surviving family members that that's that's a grief beyond what what i think that they're going to be able to easily cope with you know, because then in three months or four months or whenever it is that they can actually hold the funeral, um, it starts all over again. And then you've got the whole business part of the dying process, which is the banks and the security boxes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, one of the things that I've been doing on, on my Facebook feeds and LinkedIn and, and YouTube videos is now is a time for, for those of us that are 
um, maybe a little bit more of a planner, now is the time to be working on your grab and go binder, no matter how old you are, you know, make sure that you have your living will, your power of attorney, make sure you have your family meetings about the what ifs, you know, what if you did end up in the hospital and what if you do pass away, what are your, what are your plans? What are your insurance? What do you have for insurance for life insurance? Who's your financial planner? Who's your attorney? Because this is what, you know, I, I work with families all across the country that are always in crisis, but with COVID, this is the time, because this, this can be a pretty real threat. So this is the time to really get all of your own affairs in order. Attorneys, financial planners, everybody now is, is realized that they can work remotely. <laughs> you don't have to be face-to-face. -face. So now is the time to have your family meetings about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the what-ifs. What if dad does have a stroke? What are we going to do? How are we going to pay for his care? What if we can't get into the care community because we're still under lockdown from COVID? So now is a time to get more prepared than maybe what you thought that you were before COVID. You know, if you don't want to be on a ventilator, then you better have that documented in your legal documents and your healthcare directive or your living will. So this is, this is the time to get prepared and take this opportunity where if you're not working as many hours as you maybe had been, um, now is the time to really um, get, all, get all of your documents in order and, and make sure your family is communicated with on what are your plans all along through that life spectrum. We're going to take a quick break, Annalie, and when we come back, let's talk again a little bit more about the preparedness that people can have with their loved ones. And the reality is, I'm guessing, the majority of us are going to end up in some kind of a healthcare facility for a period of time, or a hospital, or whatever it is. And knowing what we know now, it might be the time that you do try to help your parents to become a little bit more technology, you know, having some of the capabilities that if they were in the hospital and you could get in, they already know you're going to give them a small computer or a notepad and they can see you and you can talk to them face to face that way. We just weren't prepared for this type mm -hmm. of thing and we didn't have that. So, um, and there's some ideas that we can throw out there to stay in contact with mm -hmm. your, your loved ones. And so with that, my guest today is Annalie Kruger. She is the founder and president of CareRight. And you can learn more about her and her company by going to WeCare at CareRight.com. We'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Annalie Kruger. She is the founder and president of CareRight. And we've been talking about the impact that COVID-19 has really had on our loved ones and our, our parents and individuals that were so used to just stopping in a scene for a little bit and cheering up. And of course, now the doors have been locked and we haven't been able to do that. And the impact has been, been great. And there hasn't been a, a lot that we could really do. But one of the things that we can do, I believe, is be prepared for something else like this happening. Because I know that COVID-19 has had an impact. But my mom, when she was in there, there was also a health care crisis on the flu. And my mother's complete area when she was in the nursing home was locked down. 
but it was only for about two weeks. (laughs) And, you know, and there were other people that could go around. Um, But these types of viruses spread so quickly because nurses are going from room to room. Occupational therapists are going from room to room. Um, My mom, as I said, was going out three times a week for, um, for her dialysis. So they're much more susceptible and it's more difficult. But I think being prepared when something happens, and that is, is much about me and everyone that, even our clients, to, we all know that at some point we're probably gonna get sick. We may end up in a retirement community. What would that look like and what would we want? What are the types of things, Annalie, that we could be thinking about? You talked a little bit about the grab and go binder. You might identify what that is exactly for our listeners. Sure. Yeah, so the the grab-and-go binder is a plug-and-play solution that I created several years ago when I was a social worker in long-term care communities and doing tours with families. Um, Part of those tours, I would ask about, you know, does your loved one have a living will? Do they have a power of attorney? Are they a veteran? You know, where are they at financially? Because who's going to pay for care once Medicare Part A gets done paying? Do they have long-term care insurance? And the answers were almost always, I don't know. Our family never talks about stuff like that. So after 18 years of hearing the same predicament families found themselves in, that's why I started CareRight. And that's why I developed the grab and go binder. So the grab and go binder real quickly, it's 11 tabs. It's like insurance, accounts, passwords about me. Like, are you a veteran? And, you know, it's who are my doctors and who do I have in place already? Do I have a housekeeper? Do I have a home care company? Am I on hospice? Because you'd be surprised how many families don't know even some of the bare bones basics about their aging parents. And so they find these things out when, unfortunately, they're in the midst of a medical crisis. And that's when they're scrambling to try to find if there is a living will, if there's a power of attorney. They have no idea how much money their parents have. They have no idea if they have long-term care insurance. So I'm constantly working with, you know, the families to say, look, let's, let's get all your information in one place. And let's do the online version of it as well so that you don't have to fly to Colorado during COVID-19 when you can't fly to find out all this information. So it's really really an emergency preparedness kit for people to identify where the gaps are in their own planning, but also um, each tab has a checklist of suggested items to put behind each tab so that when there is a crisis, a death, you know, dementia progresses, um, anything like that. Or if you go into the doctor and you think that you have a cold and you came out with stage four lung cancer, you need to be focusing on time and treatment versus trying to now scramble and get all, get all of your documents in order that should be done ahead of time. So, so that's one thing that I would, if there's one takeaway from this podcast, it would be now is the time to get your affairs in order. I mean, what more is it going to take an international pandemic to wake people up and say, look, where are we at with emergency preparedness? If I go to the hospital, do I have all of my documents in order and have, and the second most important thing is, have I actually communicated my wishes and do those people that should have a copy of those documents, do they have a copy? It's one thing to name your daughter as your power of attorney, but if you give her no guidelines on any tips and and any suggestions to um, what your wishes are, she's going to be floundering, and that's not a fair position to put somebody in. 
You know, so, Annalie, I think it's a great uh, message because every single one of us in the world has worried about getting sick and dying, regardless of our ages. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody, that's why we're taking precautions. That's why people are wearing masks. That's why they've encouraged us to have social distancing so you don't get sick because we don't know how this virus will impact us. And at first they thought that it was just people over 60 that were getting sick. And then all of a sudden some babies got sick, animals got sick, people in their thirties got sick and died. And so you're right. What more do we need to prepare ourselves? Because we all faced to some degree fear about getting sick and dying and wanting to take the necessary um, strategies for our own individual self to stay healthy. So you almost could sit back and say, what if I had gotten COVID and I was one of those people that all of a sudden ended up in the hospital on a ventilator? What mm -hmm. would my family have done? Who would have been able to step in? What does my business look like? What, you know, all of those different questions, you can ask yourself that now and recognize as you said, where are the gaps and what needs to be done? Exactly. And, and the cool thing too about the grab and go binder is that each of those 11 tabs, because there was a business section as well, because obviously there's a lot of business owners out there. So it's your whole succession plan and who to contact, who's your payroll processing company, your corporate retirement account person, all that kind of stuff. Because you've got to give your family a roadmap, you know, and because at some point they're going to need it. You know, we're all going to pass away at some point. So why not give the family the gift of information so that they can grieve instead of having to now try to grieve and scramble? And I can, I can also share with you too that so many thousands of people that I've worked with that when their loved one died and they weren't prepared, um, there's a lot of angst that, that these survivors carry around with them because they're like, you know, we never had a chance to grieve. The funeral happened and, and then I was, you know, they, they had all the business part of the death, the bank box, the closing down accounts, the life insurance company. They never really have a chance to grieve. And by the time they get through all the, the business part of the death, it can take months and so everyone else has moved on with their life. And now they're like, okay, now I'm ready to grieve. And where is everybody? Right. right. So, exactly. so now is the time to get your stuff in order so that if, or, you know, God forbid, if or when something happens, your family has the gift of information to, to be able to navigate through that as, as easily as possible, so to speak. You know, Annalie, many times when I'm dealing with our business owners and looking at creating their succession plan, and actually marrying their succession plan with their personal, um, their personal plan and their wills and their trusts and trying to bring that all together. I'll often say to a client, well, picture this, you've just been invited to a meeting and you realize when you get to the meeting that it's, it's the first time that your family has gotten together after your death. And what are you looking at? I mean, are they talking about celebrating your life and all the wonderful things? Or are they all looking like turtles on their back and they don't know exactly what to do because mm -hmm. they don't have any information. And instead of having this time to celebrate, they're using this time out of fear. Who do I trust? It's, the, it's a time to make sure that every advisor that you have is the advisor as part of your legacy. Someone that your beneficiaries can trust that is really going to help them through this process. And I think that many times, 
people think of only legacy as being the money that's passed down. But in truth, it's also the advisors and it's the people that you've been working with. My guest today is Annalie Kruger. She, Kruger, she is the founder and president of CareRight. We'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Annalie Krieger. She is the founder and president of CareRight. And if you would like to reach out to her, probably the easiest to get information and to look at the Grab and Go Binder would be to go to www.carerightinc.com. Annalie, before we were talking about some of the things that they can put in order their documents to make sure that they have the right people in place to be able to act for their parents or their loved ones, what are some of the things that people can do now to help their parents to be more prepared in the event that something like this happens again? And you know, we got Mother's Day and Father's Day coming. Some of the things also, I mentioned Nick's Play, which is N-I-X, P-L-A-Y. And if you have a phone, you can be um, uploading pictures. The minute you take the picture, you can upload it. And a little thing comes and says, pictures coming from Karen. And new pictures come up of seeing the grandkids play. Because I think one of the hardest things that I've experienced, I can't hug my grandkids. I have a little grandbaby that's seven months old, and I can't get anywhere near her. And I think grandparents are really struggling with this separation. And so if you can, I'm just going to let you go because we've only got about six minutes and um, to talk about these last finishing touches on the show. Yep. So um, another takeaway for, for those that are listening is um, like you said, in the last segment, we talked about getting your documents in order, making sure that you have the right professionals on the team and that you're all communicating with each other, but also relationships with each other as your siblings. Now is a time to have that family meeting. Most families really need to work with a neutral third party person to facilitate that family meeting so that you know what to talk about as far as developing an aging plan so that if or when there's another medical issue, um, with your loved one, you actually have a plan in place. And that's something that we do with families um, at CareRight. The other, from a technology perspective, you mentioned your Nix Play, which is a great solution. Um, at the top of the podcast, we talked about, you know, we got my mom um, an Amazon little notebook and just kept it simple because she's in a memory care unit, you know. So this way the caregivers, all they have to do is hit the Facebook button and then it pulls up my sister and, and they can, the caregivers are more tech savvy, obviously. So so they can they can help with, with this in case there's another quarantine or anything else like this or just communication in general. Um, but you can use those little Amazon notebooks. You can get, you know, if your parents have iPads or iPhones, um, you know, WhatsApp, what's, what's up app. Um, so there's, you know, if you're a business owner or you're already using Zoom or Skype, you can get your parents set up on Zoom or Skype. Um, that's what I do with my family because I already have a Zoom subscription. So I just email everybody the link and we jump on a family call. And And because now my, my dad lives with me and my mom is in a memory care unit down here, we have very frequent family meetings just to keep everybody up to date on what's going on. And then in between the family meetings, I send out a family group text um, for communication purposes, we also not only do a family group text, but we also have our own private family Facebook page. 
Um, so those are different ways that we can stay in touch with each other. Um, there's a lot of different apps out there, but you know, a lot of people are really tech savvy. So think about how you want to communicate with your family. What makes the most sense? Is it text messaging? Um, is it setting up a, a once a month family meeting, especially if things are changing pretty quickly with your own, with your aging parents or with your health? How often should you communicate? You, I will tell you as a social worker who does 85% of my families I do mediation with, the more you can communicate, the better. <laughs> well, right now, people aren't even able to go see their well parents. Right. Which even makes it harder to determine is something slipping? Is something not working right? Yeah, that's why I like the video because you know if you talk if if you talk to your parents on the phone they can pretty they can be pretty sly and sneaky and they'll be like oh no don't worry Sally everything is okay well you know what when you get them on video and you see oh my goodness they've lost they look like they've lost weight or they look pale you know or they lost that glimmer in their eye that's that's going to be the next best solution to since you can't be there in person all the time you've got to you've got to figure out video solutions so that you can at least eyeball your parents do they look like they have bruises have they lost weight you know do they look like they're unkempt you know so those are best ways to really keep tabs on your loved one from afar and I think that that makes such a good point to start doing it now, even when this pandemic is over, put these things in place that you've got Zoom in place, that you can do it regularly. So if they do end up in some type of a residential or there's a virus that goes around and you can't see them, you're already planned on how you're going to handle it. The more we can plan ahead, the better outcomes we're all going to have and the, and the less anxiety that we have if we actually have a plan and we've talked about all these things and we have a, a strategy in place, that's what gives people peace of mind. And I can tell you from 92% of my families, when they come to me, I'm onboarding them because they're in crisis. Someone got sick or they died or the caregiver burned out and they died and the family was shocked that dad had a stroke. And, you know, so, so the more that we can talk now, the better outcomes everybody will have if, if we can put that plan together now. My guest today is Annalie Krieger, and she is the founder and president of CareRight. If you would like to take a look at the Go, Grab and Go Binder, which is an excellent resource for families, if it gets you started with uh, what you need to know and the questions you need to ask. And a lot of times when something's written and you look at your parent and say, well, it says right here, you know, th these questions, it's not as if you're asking them to be nosy, it's that you're actually have a written document that's asking those questions and parents are a little bit more apt to answer because I know my parents just wanted to keep everything so close to their chest and so private that it was hard to get them to release information and to talk to us about things. But you can go to www.carerightinc.com. You can reach um, Annalie at 800-741-0302. And of course, you can always go to ellenbecker.com and uh, or give us a call at 262-691-3200 because we definitely have Annalie's number. And as I said, Mother's Day and Father's Day are are coming. It's such an important time for families that the gift that you can give, the gift that we'll keep on giving is to get things in order and to prepare for the next event, whether it's a pandemic or it's a virus or it's an accident that a parent has, a fall. These are all important situations. And I think we've all become very clear that each and every one of us has had some risk 
with this pandemic. And mm -hmm. I thank you very much. Annalie, do you have one more bit of information that you'd like to just pass to my listeners? We've got just a few minutes, a minute left. Yeah, I just, I'd like to just reiterate that, that I work with families across the country and it doesn't matter where you are. Um, I use Zoom to do free consults with families. And then if you decide that you wanna move forward with services, putting an aging plan in place or the grab and go binder, then we do that. But it, it really is, the time is now to have these family meetings and get your affairs in order and figure out a technology solution that's going to work because it not only just in, in case there's another quarantine or pandemic or anything like that but just because if you live far away from your loved one you want to stay connected with them and so now is the time to get all of your affairs in order have the family meetings do the grab and go binder get to know your family's professional team like their financial planner make sure your kids know who's on your professional team and that you have some some communication about the good and the bad and the ugly of of life in general. So thank you thank so much, Karen. Thank you so much. And again, you go to www.carerightinc.com. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262 691 3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.